This episode is brought to you by StoryWorth and First Republic Bank. Thank you for making our show a possibility. Welcome to If These Ovaries Could Talk. I'm Jamie. I'm Robin. And we're your hosts. Let me show you. How do I get the sperm through custom? I am a lesbian. So gay. So gay. We need to tell our story. It's not your nuclear family anymore. It's not just your mom and dad thing. We're not ruining these little humans. Not for the gay reason. Just because <laughs> we stick. Hi, everyone. Hello, hello, hello. Thanks for joining our ovaries yet again. Here we are. We're just recovering from Halloween, eating all our kids' candy. What about you? No, not me. I don't eat the candy. You don't eat your kids' candy? I thought you said no. you eat like a piece every night. But once the like the Snickers are gone or the little chocolate things, uh, I don't I don't eat the I don't eat the other stuff. I know, and then you get down to those like crappy like laffy taffies. It's just like Oh no, 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 no. I don't touch those. My daughter's got braces this year, so I think it's going to be a hot mess in the candy separation. The candy separation. Well, because it's like we just put it into one giant bag, but then they get all, that one's mine. And I'm just oh, like, it's, you mean you're between not... the two kids? Yeah. I was like separating from the candy because she has oh, braces. No, 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 no. no. Well, but that too, though, because it's like she can't eat any of that taffy crap. There's like so Mm-mm. many of those things she can't eat. Mm-mm. It's going to rip that hardwire right off her a very expensive hardwire where it's yeah, staying you on mess the teeth. With that. No, no, no. I hate Halloween. I'm so glad it's over. But it's done. And now it's on to the next ones. The next, what, holidays? Holidays. Well, for me, as soon as Halloween is over, it's like birthday land in my house because everybody's birthday is November and December. So we go into crazy town starting now. It's crazy town. We're planning the birthday parties. We're planning the birthday presents. We're, you know, my birthday's in the middle of it all, but nobody gives a crap about my birthday. Everything that's about you as a mom is over. It's 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 done. My birthday just kind of like flies through and then it's Christmas. (laughs) That's it. I don't get anything. (laughs) Jamie, I have a news piece. Lance Bass from NSYNC and his husband had twins. Oh, I know. I know. Congratulations, Lance Bass. Get on our podcast, Lance Bass. Does anybody know Lance Bass? Bring Lance Bass. Lance Bass. Bring Lance Bass over here to talk to these ovaries. Come on. Because we want to know your story, Lance Bass. The last thing I remember hearing about Lance Bass, and let's always just say Lance Bass. The, yeah, obviously. Obviously. Is that he was in a bidding war to try to buy the Brady Bunch house, but he oh lost out. Oh, my God. Out. I remember I that. I so on board with that. If anybody knows Lance Bass, begin a campaign to get him on our yes. podcast. Yeah. I bet you Alec I mean, Mappa we could him. just email him. Yeah, our guest today. Our I guest bet Alec Mappa does know him. I bet he does. Okay. Wait, one one thing on Lance Bass. Lance I just want to say how brave it was when he came out. Like I that know. was a big ass freaking deal that he it was. came out being in a boy band. You know, like they were the hottest thing. All the all the little girls loved those boys, and he came out as gay. Good job, Lance Bass. That's why we want to bring you on here. Lance you Bass, you a trailblazer, Lance. And because you tried to buy the. The Brady Bunch house. We have Come to talk on about our that. podcast. Come on. All Come right. On. We also have to talk about people who love Lance Bass and the Brady Bunch, yes. but also love content for LGBTQ families. Do you like that? Do if you? If you like that, there's Do a place ya? for you to go Do now. Ya? Do you want to dance? You can join our Patreon you community. Keep going. Keep going. And you can do that. You can support LGBTQ families. You're going to do a good thing. You're going to get bonus content at the gestational carrier level. You'll get video interviews of most of our episodes, and they're dropped a day earlier. You just have to head over to patreon.com slash ovaries talk and join us. Do you us. want that LGBTQ content? Do you? Do you? Do you? Do you? Well, I love that song. <laughs> I think we're singing two different songs. I think we might too, be, which but that's is fine. Amazing. That's fine. Okay, whatevs. All right. Let's, let's talk, talk about guest, Alec Mappa. Alec freaking Mappa. I mean, I think it has to be Alec freaking Mappa. It should be. From, from this day forward. Because he's a freaking hilarious dude. Oh my God. He's so freaking hilarious. He's so amazing. He is I, so amazing. I have loved him since Ugly Betty. Like, I have loved him forever. He talks so fast, but he says so many, like, insightful and smart things about parenting, Jamie. Mm, not gonna lie. I felt like I was in a bit of a parenting therapy session, and I actually need a bit of Alec Mappa in my life to help me. Be a better parent. We need like That's an what Alec, Alec Mappa phone hotline. 
hotline. And anyway, yeah. it was a great interview about adopting uh, from the foster care system and adopting a child that isn't a baby. I learned so much in this episode. We, we've learned so much from Alec Mappa and his story, and we want you to learn as well because he's Alec freaking Mappa, and he's an amazing individual, and he's beautiful. Helen, he's beautiful roll the AF. Tape. Roll well, the Helen, wake tape, up, Helen. Helen, I know you're excited about Alec too. She's, she just she's said so Alec excited. freaking she Mappa. Out. She I know. Just passed out. I know. She was like, oh. She's, okay. Roll she's it, not Helen. real. She <laughs> is not real. Don't worry, Alec Mappa. She's not real. Alec Mappa. Well, I can never just say Alec. It always has to be Alec Mappa. Yeah, you know what? Alec Mappa. Everybody does that. Uh, infants mostly. Toddlers <laughs> when they meet me and their their parents are Jewish. Alec. They like had my friend Amy Hill, who's on Magnum PI. Her toddler since I mean she's grown now, but ever since she was a baby, called me Alec Mappa and still does. It's hilarious. <laughs> my kids' friends call me Rose's mom. Um, excuse me, Rose's Rose mom. Rose's mom. mom. I like that. Yeah. How old's your baby? Rose is seven and my son Orion is three. Oh, God, you're in, you're in the sweet spot between three. And, is that what that yeah, is? Yeah, between three and ten psychologically, <laughs> your children adore you. It's like you're their mm, world. I love you. They haven't differentiated yet, which is the next right. phase that starts at 11 where they start to pull That's back horrible. a little bit. And then Uh-oh. by 12, you know, it's when uh, Toto starts to tug on the Wizard of Oz's curtain. And by 12 and a half, the curtain is gone and the kids are looking at you like you're a complete fraud. And they have to in order to, that's how we live separately from our parents, that your peer group's opinion becomes more important to you. And then you enter the teen phase where I'm at right Mm -hmm. now, where I'm the complete village idiot because (laughs) go back in your own history and try to think of a time where you were a teenager and you seriously believe that you invented fashion music and sex you invented it and your parents could never possibly understand because compared to your peer group at school the assholes you were hanging out with at 16 your parents are just like clueless just like oh you would never understand oh my god my daughter's 12 and a half and like we had some big fight last night over outfits over what she was going to wear or not wear over the uniform the school (laughs) uniform and at one point, I just said, listen, you have another mother to be mad at. Why don't you find her <laughs> oh. and be mad at her? Oh, why didn't I ever use that? That's a good one. All right, Alec Mappa, we have got to do the elevator pitch right, with you about your family. Okay, okay. Give me the- on your mark, get set, go. Two dads we adopted out of the foster care system. Our son was our foster adopt son. He came to live with us when he was five years old. I'm Asian. My husband's white. Our son is black. We look like the last two minutes from It's a Small World. Um, <laughs> that's I. I, uh, I that's yeah, good. that's good. That's good. I'm at 15. I'm at, yeah, good. Yeah. But I feel like you could have just riffed. You could have just kept I going. Know, you you could have run with it. Listen, I'm a people pleaser. So I, I, if I could do it in less time, then let's do that. We were that kind of family. We adopted out of foster care and we were very clear about the type of family we were from the very beginning. We told our son because people always ask, you know, did your son have an issue with you being two dads? And I would say it's not complicated to kids. Adults complicated mm-hmm. things. And we basically said to him, I'm Filipino. Papa is Cajun, which means he's from Louisiana. So he's kind of French. You're black. But the thing that makes us a family is that we all love each other. So we're picking mm-hmm. him up from school in the Volvo station wagon, the official <laughs> gay dad car. As you do. Uh-huh. And a little girl runs up to my son and goes, you have two dads? And he, is, he says, yes. And she said, why? And he says, because we're French. So that was his <laughs> takeaway. Because we're French. <laughs> oh, kids, those darn kids. And now he's 16 and a half, and he is in a half day of school today. Ugh, this is a worst. time where it's, you know, in the past couple of years, I've had to radically rethink my parenting because at the ages where your kids are right now, it's good for you to hover. Right. It's good for you to be close. It's good for you. And then teenagers just need you to kind of, somebody told me they just need you to be know that you're there. And I'm like, uh-huh. I don't understand that. But now I get it on a meta level of, well, here's an example. Okay. So my son never leaves his room. He's always on the computer, always on the mm-hmm. phone. I see him at dinner time. I see him at breakfast. I go away to do a, a film for three days or two days or even just one day. And when I come home at the end of the day, he comes out of the room. <sighs> go, hi, I missed you. And it's like, but just him knowing that I was gone is enough for him to have that response. Okay. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. yeah he notices huh. when I'm not around. 
I know what you're saying about them wanting to like establish their own identity. Cause like all the fights that I'm having with my daughter now are about her wanting to like be her own individual and dress her own way. And it is hard because mm -hmm. that those beginning stages, you're so hands-on and, and almost controlling. Like you can do this, you can't yes. do this, you can't. And then it's like, it's just as much of a practice for us to let go and let them do their thing. Right. But that's right. not easy. Right. That is not easy. It isn't, it isn't easy. And proof of that was, I think that from 12 to 14 was the most difficult time for me. Mm. Because when our son did come out of foster care, he was my shadow. He clung to me. He never left my side. We were very, very close. He was extremely affectionate. How old was he when he came into your home? Five. Five. So there was a huge deficit, developmental deficit that we were making up for. And then when he turned 12 or 13, it was like he broke up with me. I mean, mm. it was really like I'd formed the most closest emotional bond Funny enough, the person who was better at adolescence was my husband because he was always about give him space uh -huh. and I was oh. always about suffocating him. So yeah. huh. I had to really pull back. Yeah, <laughs> That's hard. Yeah, That's it's hard. hard. But but the alternative is to constantly be in conflict with your kid. Right. And constantly I don't want that. Have, yeah. And Which I just worse. Yeah. It is worse. It is worse. How, how were you able to and then we'll come back to like the beginning, but like how were you able to do that? Like, I mean, you're a very outgoing, gregarious, like in your face kind of person. So like, therapy. how were you able to, yeah. I, I worked on it really, really hard with my therapist. And, and you know, and, and it sounds funny, but it's true. It's like, because my issue was I was taking his adolescence and his puberty personally. Mm. I was like, you're being a dick because you're rejecting me. You're being a, you're being snappish and rude because of me. And it had nothing to do with me. Right. I mean, even in retrospect now, as awful as it was, as awful it is, as it is still some kind, because he's nicer now. Between <laughs> 16 and 17, he's nicer now. He's matured in his thinking. And the other part of it was, I asked my therapist, why am I so depressed? And he said, you only get to see your kids grow up once. <sighs> and when their small kid time is over, <laughs> you don't get it back. Yeah. You know, and then the Facebook, you look at your Facebook, Facebook memories oh, from three years oh, ago yeah, and they're yeah. babies. Oh. It's the worst. They're babies. And so that hurt me. And also I had a lot of regret because I was exhausted the whole time, you know, because yeah, we all little, are. they're draining. It's like the dark crystal. They take everything <laughs> out of you. You're like a skitsy over there. I know. Skitchy, I know. It skitchy. was kind of like I aged like an American president. You know, it's like <laughs> I see my friends without kids. And they're like, I'm going to go surfing. And now I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm going back to bed. It's like, it's. It's hard. It's really hard. And it's still hard. It's still hard. It's still. Yeah. I'm not really selling the whole parenthood thing that I'm talking. Uh, well, that's I'm talking okay. real because I'm we, with you two. We do Rob it all the time. I really don't sell the parenthood thing ever. But it takes it back to what we always talk about on the show, which is how intentional all of us LGBTQ folk are. When it comes to making our families, when mm -hmm. it comes to parenting our families, like you just ran us through so much work you did to make sure you're showing up as the best father for your son. Mm. And it is that just what I takes, did? It, 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 <laughs> is. Did. it is. You really did. Pat yourself on the back, Alec Mappa. I know. Pat yourself oh, on the back, Alec Mappa. We're all making this up as we go along. Oh my so God, much. I know. So we much. Because you clean up one mess, you clean it up. Okay. Oh, we developmentally, we've gotten past that thing. And then they, they, it's like alien. They come back and they're like <laughs> a foot taller with another set of teeth <laughs> and they've eaten half the crew. So it's like, yeah, right. It's like, yeah. oh Jesus, it's a whole new monster. I have to take care of and feed it. It's know? so true. Yeah. Okay. We got to go back. All right, we got to go back. back to the beginning and Robin's going to kill me for this, but we have to take it back to uh -oh. San Francisco. Cause Alec Mappa, I grew up in San Francisco too. Oh, gosh. In the city? I know. We're unicorns. In the yeah. city. What What high school did you go to? Well, I went to Sacred Heart. You went Ooh. to George. I know. You went to George Washington. I had a lot of friends at Washington. I just, if you're from San Francisco, there's this, and Robin knows it well, because I annoy her every time. Because it seems anybody. like all our guests are from San Francisco, and we do this all the time, and I go. No, no, because everybody so far has. They say San Francisco, but they live in the Bay Area. Yeah. It's, it's very like, um, rare. I'm from San Francisco. Where? Lake Tahoe. No, that's exactly. not San Francisco. That's, you're, you're on the state line. No. So it's All rare. Right, anyway, let's okay, talk okay. about, is it husband, partner? Husband. Okay. Your husband, what you guys decide you want to have kids. What made you go the foster care route? Our best friend, Amy Hill, did it. 
she had a lot of success. She had a newborn baby. Wow. And so that was that was a seed of and she went through uh, foster care. She went through a foster care agency in L.A., which is now called Extraordinary Families. And back then it was called Southern California Foster Family Adoption Agency. Scuffa. Like if okay. they did a, a nice rebrand there, that's a little. Better. Yeah. So I was hired to go on a rosy cruise in on our family cruise in 2007 to perform. And that was the very first time my husband and I had seen other LGBT parents. Isn't that crazy? And up, yeah. And up until that point, I had had it in my head that only rich gay guys had kids. Mm. Yeah, because of surrogacy, mm-hmm. right? Right. And also, those are the queens I ran with. You know, I only knew rich. I never knew regular people with kids. And my husband and I got married. We had this house and we were settling in. And then we went to a a foster adoption seminar on the ship Mm -hmm. that was headed by Robin Herod, who is the head of Southern California Family Foster Adopt Agency. And she gave us the whole rundown. We met other foster adopt parents. We heard about the kids in the system. There's 300,000 children in foster care at any time. 100,000 of them are up for adoption. LA County has the highest concentration of foster kids. We have 30,000 kids in foster care, which is an unfortunate statistic. Um, Everybody wants a baby. The most popular placement is a baby girl, a baby white girl. And I turned to my husband. I said, listen, I got nothing against white girls. I've (laughs) been one my entire life. Um, And then we heard that the hardest placement, the hardest, the most impossible placement was a boy. So nobody wants a boy over the age of three. And if they're children of color, then it becomes exponentially hard to place children of color, especially a boy over the age of three. They said uh, a baby white girl is seven times more likely to be placed than an African-American boy over the age of three. Wow. So my husband and I kind of got it in our heads that, okay, we're going to do this. Robin gave me her card, Robin Herod. And we got home. My husband said, stop talking about this. Let's talk (laughs) about this when I'm ready. You Mm -hmm. know, seriously. Mm -hmm. I I said, I want to hear not now or not ever. He goes, not now. So I put Robin's card in a box in the garage. And our garage is like the junk drawer. It was the junk drawer. back. (laughs) It's since been cleaned up. So a year later, maybe a little less than two years later, my husband goes, I'm ready. So I open up the garage. It's a mess. It's chaos. I don't know where to look. I put my hand in a box. It lands on Robin's card. Stop it. Stop it. No. We do the six-week foster care training to be certified. Mm -hmm. You take Mm -hmm. lessons in uh, dynamic parenting. You are qualified in first aid. Your uh, home goes through a safety check, et cetera, et cetera. Then you're certified. What does dynamic parenting, what does that mean? Dynamic parenting, just it was about like, one, you're acquainted with what the kids are going through. And (laughs) dynamic parenting is really kind of, it's all acronyms like HALT. Why is is your kid upset? It's HALT, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Mm-hmm. And they teach you mm-hmm. all these things. It's, it's parenting hacks. Yeah, right. Isn't that funny that regular folks don't get that and need it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you mean like every every like person everyone should parent? go through yeah, some like kind of a parent do like driver training or yeah. something. Yeah. The, the, the one that I got that I really loved because it worked was mirroring. When children mm-hmm. are upset, especially, you know, in age, between ages three and five, instead of going, shh, quiet, it's okay, you know, be quiet, you know, stop crying just mirror and explain what they're going through. You're upset. You're crying. I'm hearing you. You're upset. And now you're, you're, you're screaming and you're mad. I know you're mad. And so what that does is they hear that they're being heard. Mm-hmm. And That's if there's so an upset, and it works for adults too. Yeah. I, I tried mean, it with my seven-year-old and she kept at it for like yeah. 40 minutes. And then yeah. I was like, I know, I yeah. know. I it, know, I know. And so sometimes it, it takes 40 minutes. It backfired on me. Yeah. I lost it after the end of it. <laughs> I know. It's like, enough. I did. I, I heard I, you. I was a tired for forty minutes, and that's I'm my telling ceiling. you. I hear you. Yeah. The other alt thing was also like um, when a child is being difficult, getting ready to go out. That was always like a big thing. You know, getting them dressed. Oh. I would say, all right. You know what? I want to do things in an easy way. So I'm going to place your clothes right here, and when you're ready, you let me know when you want to go, and then I just walk away. And the walking away is when they go, okay. <laughs> oh wow really okay. that worked yeah yeah that worked it doesn't work anymore but it worked when he was five i wish huh. i had known about that when my kids were younger and i feel yeah. like Ugh. yeah and then we also learned about the specific things that the kids in foster care are going through the trauma of being separated from your primary caregiver and they explained it to us like do you remember losing your mom in the supermarket when you were a kid Ugh, yeah the panic of that and the 
how terrifying that is. They said, that's these kids, but it happened to them for real. Oh my God. And that's something that's going to be with them forever. You know, so all, I can't take that trauma away from my kid. I can give him the space to process it. Mm-hmm. I can give him the space to grieve. You know, he had all kinds of foster kid behavior when he first came to live with us. He would, um, whenever the doorbell rang, he would hide. Because he and, thought someone was going to take him? Yes. That's oh what the God. therapist, because we had a transitional therapist. I said, why is he hiding? And she was like, you guys, I can't believe you're this dumb. We gave you a kid. <laughs> He's hiding because he thinks that somebody's taking him away, that he's going back. So he's like, you guys just taught him how to make pesto today. That's not happening at the foster care home. You know, it's like, so I said, listen, when the doorbell rings, that means we're having a party. That means you're the host and you got to make everybody feel right at home. So the doorbell rang and he was about to run. And then I looked at him and he he went with me to the door. I opened the door and he said to the person behind the door, tickets, please. (laughs) And I said, and then my friend was like, what? And I said, just give him a ticket. Just give him a ticket. Yeah, yeah. So my friend pulled out an invisible ticket and handed it over. My son went, okay, right this way. Oh, <laughs> that's the sweet. cutest. Jamie, I don't know about you, but for the holidays, I am always looking for gifts to give that are special and unique because, you know, I want folks who get gifts to feel special and unique because I love them. Oh, no, 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 not me. I'm good with the generic <laughs> stuff. <laughs> they don't need to know <laughs> Just kidding, JK, JK. That's why Robin StoryWorth is my go-to gift for extra special people. I already mm-hmm. gave it to my mom, and now I'm going to give it to my brother. And when my kids are old enough, I'm not kidding, I'm giving it to them. I'm not kidding. I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot of StoryWorth. Yeah. Maybe I should give it to Maxine. I gave it to my sister, but I feel like Maxine's now old enough to write down her memories of me yelling at her. And for those of you at home who don't know StoryWorth, it's an online service that helps you and your loved ones preserve precious memories and stories basically for years to come. It's thoughtful and meaningful gift that connects you to those who matter the most. Yeah, and here's how it works. Every week, StoryWorth emails your relative or your friend a thought-provoking question of your choice from their vast pool of possible options. Questions you'd never thought to ask, like um, what's the bravest thing you've ever done in your life? Or if you could see into the future, what would you want to find out? What's cool, Jamie, is that after a year, StoryWorth compiles all of your loved one's stories, including photos, and then they put it into a beautiful keepsake book that you'll be able to share and revisit for generations to come. Uh, My sister's book is on our bookshelf in the living room, and the kids will take it down from time to time, and they read it, and they look at the story, and they look at some of the pictures, and they love to laugh at the embarrassing stories, of course, that she wrote about me, like that time that I was the only girl on the boys' football team. Yes, I was on the news for that. Yes, yes, I were. was. And first of all, that's not embarrassing. That's badass. So <laughs> you send yourself some story worth and write your own version of that story because you're a trailblazing lesbian right here, right that's here. Right. Maybe I will, Jamie. Sky's the limit. Exactly. Now, listen, with story worth, I am giving those I love a thoughtful, personal gift from the heart and preserving their memories and stories for years to come. Go to storyworth.com slash OCT and you're going to save $10 on your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash OCT to save $10 on your first purchase. It's great. Just do it, guys. It's great. So he came to us when he was five. We had to like take a couple years off, you Mm -hmm. know, that emotionally, intellectually, he was five, but emotionally he was younger. He was younger. And, you know, we took him to Target to like, you know, pick out a nightlight, pick out a sippy cup. He picked out a Tinkerbell nightlight. And he uh-huh. picked out a Minnie Mouse sippy cup because he was, he lost his mother. So he was seeking a lot of feminine energy, you know, which mm-hmm. is why I think he was so close to me because <laughs> I was just like, mama, you know, I was just <laughs> all over him, you know, that was exhausting. It was like typical kids are exhausting, but this one was like, you know, we would think, okay, we're over something. And then, you know, some kind of PTSD thing would come up. Did you, you know, do therapy hard. outside of the transitional therapy? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because he had, you know, he had deficits that were seen as disciplinary issues at school. You know, when you have a bunch of kindergartens, kids, it's a puppy pile, right? Mm-hmm. And then they mature. And then the puppy pile gets a little smaller because kids are growing up. And, and then by second grade, it's the problem kids that are standing out. Right. Right. And not only that, but the other kids now have memories of that one's difficult. Right, right. Like that was labeled bad temper. And so we were finding that by second grade, our kid was having problems. What 
his trauma did for him in foster care was he didn't have the ability to self-regulate his emotions. Mm-hmm. So like when you have your kids from the time they're babies and you soothe them, you know, they learn to self-soothe. This kid had had so many deficits in terms of his care. He didn't learn how to self-soothe. So mm-hmm. when he'd get sad, he'd get really sad. Or when he'd get angry, he'd really get angry. There was no, you know, talking about absolute thinking. There was no kind of like, oh, this is just for now. I'm going to yeah. be okay now. So we had to therapize him to give him the tools to walk him through his sadness, mm-hmm. to walk him that through worked. his anger. And that was a lot of work. And know? add to the fact that he now he's, he's labeled a difficult kid. He's also... He's a, a young black kid. That's yeah. what I was just about yeah. to say, which society that is already yeah. like, that's like. Yeah. Especially not just black kids, but also black males. Mm. That's yes. like and so much. Discipline differently. We saw that right away. And oh. uh, my husband and I had to advocate for him so many times, you know, about like, I want to know who else is on a pause today for doing the same thing. And I was like, look at the statistics. And I'm, you know, I have a raft of information of like yeah. how. Black kids are disciplined differently and they all like were like backed up. Like, don't okay, mess with the gay dads. Yeah. Don't yeah. mess with the gay dads. But it was like, watch you know, out. yeah, but it's again, making it up as you go along. I mean, yeah. it's kind of because for all intents and purposes, when he showed up, he looked like a typical kid. But as you get to know your kids, that was the other thing I heard is like, you guys couldn't explain your kids to anybody. No. You know no. them. You, you, you're with them all the time, you know, oh, she's not going to eat that or he's the yeah, transitions are really tough for that one. Mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like we knew our kid, you know, and it was just, so it was just a matter of getting him to, there was called regulation, where it's just like, this is, applies for adults too. regulation. You're regulated right now. We can talk. You have this conversation, but if you were hungry and you were tired, then your regulation points was like on a scale of one to hundred, you'd be about 70. Yeah. And if you're pissed about something that happened earlier, you're about 60. Mm-hmm. And if you're really sad, it's like, and then you don't have the ability to take in what's happening to you. Yeah. Right. So with our kid, we had to teach him how to regulate himself so he could listen in school. So mm-hmm. he could negotiate a conflict, you know, yeah. and that was, that was an ongoing thing up until he finished middle school. Wow. Yeah. Can, can you take us to the moment you guys learned that you were getting a young boy, like take us to that moment. You signed up, you did the work. Yeah. And uh, literally uh, nine months later. Oh, wow. It's like you birthed the baby. Yeah. We got a call and mm-hmm. uh, they asked us down to DCFS, uh, Department of Child. Something, something. DFS, something services. Something I forget services. what the S stands for. Family. Department Foster of Child, family. Department of Child and Family Services. We go down there and they show, they say, this is Zion. He's five and uh, he's very energetic and very affectionate. He loves school. He loves to paint. And uh, we were like, when can we see a picture? And she was like, when you stop asking questions. And we're like, okay. (laughs) So she showed us a picture and we were like, that's our kid. We're ready for this kid. We went home. So you weren't trying to get an infant. You were like, we'll be okay with the older kid. Our age range became between three and five. Okay. As soon as you heard the statistics, you said that's, that's right, what we're going right. to do. So okay. this is right before Thanksgiving of 2009. And then we got a call a day later saying uh, a relative had stepped forward and uh, was now uh, going to take care of Zion. And that's the priority. They want the child yeah. reunited with a blood yes. relative. So mm-hmm. my husband and I, it, this felt different. This just felt like this felt like a real loss. Yeah. So much that um, we were offered another case in January and we told the social worker, you know what, this is, you know, if we're being honest here, we don't feel the same way about this kid that we did about Zion. Oh. So she said, let me call Zion's social worker and find out what his situation was just to check up on him. She calls us back five minutes later and she said, the, the placement with Zion's family has been a disaster. If you want him, you have to come pick him up tonight at five. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God, I'm so glad that you pushed. I know. I know. We yeah, so we ran to Target. We got the car seat. We got there and we saw him in the office and he has two garbage bags. I'm not kidding, two hefty oh. trash bags, one with all of his clothes and one with all of his toys. Oh. And I was like, that's it. And I, you know when you feel like, Robin, your response now was just like that. It was like, okay. And then he said to us, do you want to play Don't Break the Ice? You know, that ice game where you tap on the- Yeah, you tap them down. Yeah, we played Don't Break the Ice for 45 minutes. And while (laughs) we were doing that, I was like, you know, everybody wants a baby, but this was a baby. Yeah. You know, because when you're five, you still need your mommy and daddy Mm -hmm. or two moms. You still need 
mothering. You still need fathering. You know, we heard about a girl who was 17 years old who was going to college, straight A student who wanted to be adopted. Yeah. And, you know, and they asked her, why do you still want to be adopted? She's going, I'm going away to college. Don't you think I'd want a family to come home to at Thanksgiving or Christmas? And, you know, so that was that was when we met him and we put him in the car and he was fully verbal. And he said, are you hungry? Because, yeah, because what do you want to eat? He said, Chuck E. Cheese. And I was like, (laughs) we are not spending our first night together as a family. Like I turned into my mother immediately. Like, (laughs) no, absolutely not. We're going to go someplace where there's pizza and a salad and <laughs> and not yeah. loud games and a mouse in a costume walking right, by. Right, right. But my husband and I kind of like, I don't know what your situation was when both of you became moms, but it was like when we became parents, it was like we'd always been parents. It was like we hmm. just kind of snapped into, all right, this is our kid. I wonder oh. if him being older made that be the case. Like you almost had to just like, you had to like jump in later in life. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like when you have an infant, I think you can, you're napping and you're sleeping, you're doing all that crud. And yes. you're just like, just feeding. Like you had to snap into this kid's walking, talking and going to school. Uh-huh. And he's coherent. Uh-huh. He's watching you. So you can't like fight about a decision in front of him yeah. either. Like no. because he's listening. No. Like a newborn, they don't know what's happening. So yeah. you can literally yeah. fight you with your partner. You can be literally murdering another person yeah. right in front of them. And as long right. as you're right. singing a yeah. lullaby as you do yeah. it, it's totally yeah. cool. <laughs> One of the first things he asked me for is a peanut butter sandwich. And I said, okay, coming right up. And then he had a complete meltdown. And I said, listen, here's the peanut butter. Here's the bread. I'm going to make it right now. Because that's what he had to do in order to get his meats net in other uh, placements. Uh, yeah. And so I, yeah. we had to kind of undo so many kind of like layers of stuff. But at the same time, it was kind of like, you know, you get to know somebody and you get to know a kid and you fall in love with a kid, which is what we did. You know, this was this was a really brave, affectionate, open kid who who wanted to make this work. He laughed. He made us laugh. He was just fun to be around. I mean, he was just lovely. He was like and we we were literally like, if we have to give this kid back, we're going to jail. Like This is this is our kid. And then. Yeah. And then nine months after that, he was legally ours. Okay, Jamie, before we go any further, I have to say that If These Ovaries Could Talk is supported by First Republic Bank with a best-in-class banking app that allows you to bank anywhere, anytime, and a dedicated personal banker when you need one-on-one service. First Republic is uniquely positioned to offer the best of both worlds. With this combination of personal attention and convenience, it's no wonder that First Republic Bank has a client satisfaction rating two times the industry average. So whether you're opening a personal line of credit or planning for your retirement, you can count on First Republic to be there for you every step of the way. Visit firstrepublic.com today to learn more. That's firstrepublic.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. I've always wanted to say that. You'd got to say it. That's awesome. <laughs> can you say how many placements he had had before he came to five. you? I mean, I, five. Wow. Five, five. And his file said he was unadoptable. They said he was too emotionally <gasps> volatile. And, and we were like, he's a baby. He doesn't know where he is. You know, of course he's going to be emotionally volatile. You know, there was, there was one placement where the woman had taken him home for one night and said, no, oh. I can't do this. And then brought him back. And oh. it was, yeah, it was really, you know, and my husband and I, I think, because we're, we both have a high tolerance for crazy. <laughs> 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 we got we kind of you know i think as queer people we're kind of like we we're used to each other's stuff right yeah, and it's yeah. kind of because as queer people by nature we've chosen to not go along with everybody else so we're we're really true to ourselves in our jobs mm-hmm. we're really true to ourselves and our, we're intentional like yeah, you yeah. said earlier in the mm-hmm. podcast and so with, when the kid came, things that other people couldn't handle, and this is the only place I'll really pat myself on the back. We were both like, I got this. We got this. I understand what's happening. He got to the right home. He got he to really the did. perfect yeah. home. Yeah. It was meant to be. Yeah. And now I want to ask, yeah. you already touched upon it a little bit, and I know it's an annoying question because we get the, this kind of question all the okay. time. But was there any ever a conversation about, you know, he's a five-year-old coming into your family. Mm-hmm. Was there ever... A conversation about the fact that you are two men. 
Yeah. How did the conversation go? Yeah, that was the uh, we're French conversation. <laughs> uh, that was it. It was we're French. And that was it. That was the only conversation the only, we had. Yeah. And really? it was just it happened once. And it was never, never an issue. And it's interesting because like this generation of kids are less homophobic. Yes. less transphobic yep. they're all pansexual yeah. they're mm-hmm. all like yes. because i think that when you are figuring out your sexuality that is truer to who you are it's like mm-hmm. i don't know yet i don't i'm 16 oh and i like this person i like that person it's, it's a good point alec Mama. and also the kids are like they're really my our son particularly is baffled by homophobia he's like i don't know because hate somebody because they're an asshole. There's so many other reasons to hate somebody. You know? <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a smart guy. Yeah, he's super, super smart. And that's the problem. That's, <laughs> that's a real problem. Just for the next two years. And then and then yeah. he's on his own and he can yeah. be as smart I mean, as you Because want. I know because they, they will outsmart you. Yeah. But they're supposed to. They're kind of like, you know, little kids know how to play you. You oh. know, little kids. So his, his thing used to be to me, he's like, daddy, you look great. <gasps> You look really good. <laughs> you look, you're thin. Did you lose weight? You look, you look, yeah, yeah. Did you lose? And I'm like, okay. Because I'd be like, oh, thanks. Uh-huh. That's really, he got you. Yeah. He got you Can I have a cookie? All right. God damn it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Here. They do. They know. They <laughs> yeah. know your buttons. They, they figure know. you out. They really they do. They do figure it out. And that's survival. That's yeah. survival, you know? Did he experience any or has he like to date like any bullying because of the two two dad situation or I mean, it, I wonder if it's kid. different because you're you're a person of note. Like, yeah, oh, there's that Not too. really. I mean, but yeah, you are. My son was always a bigger kid mm-hmm. and uh, he was always kind of a fight or flight kid choosing the fight mm-hmm. because he was in foster care. We sent him to Aikido at a very young age. So he always knew how to take care of himself. So if there was any bullying he'd kind of shut it down pretty quick. I think the most bullying happens in middle school because they're all jockeying for position. And the yeah. way they do that is through cruelty. Yeah. It's so awful. Middle so, school is know, the worst. It's middle school's the worst. And I'd see it. My husband and I would see it, you know? The worst. And one time my husband, can I tell this story? <laughs> <laughs> He's in the other room. My husband's a producer on Ghost Hunters. So he, he works in, at the computer all day. And he's investigating like places to film. And he's like, okay, so a person committed suicide. Great. Great. Oh, a kid drowned. Fantastic. So um, uh, so my husband shows up and my kid's having a fight and my husband wanted to break it up. But at first he wanted to see, I want to see how our son does. Yeah. Let's see if he gets a couple licks in. You know in. what? I think that there's something really good to be said about seeing where it goes. Because I'll jump mm-hmm. on it so fast before, yeah, before the bad yeah, can happen. You right. Know? And he was able to to take care of himself. He got a couple good hits (laughs) before my husband broke it up. Yeah. So good for him. Weird thing to be proud of. Yeah. Now you're doing work. Aren't you doing some work like advocating for like foster care? I mean, we had Griffin Matthews and um and his husband Matt um Gould on. And I feel like they were talking about you running parties to like get the gays in there and start fostering to adopt. (laughs) Yes. Um, I am the uh, national spokesmodel. For uh, Raise a Child, you can find them at raiseachild.org. And they are uh, an organization that recruits prospective foster care parents who are interested in adopting out of foster care. So we have information seminars, usually around Christmas time when people are really vulnerable. (laughs) It's coming up. It's coming up. Now's the time. And they show up at our seminars and we hand them a glass of champagne, get them all liquored up. We have really Mm -hmm. nice hors d'oeuvres. Because we're gay. Yeah. And then um, <laughs> and then I get up and talk about my experience. And then other parents are there. And we kind of like alert parents to the option mm-hmm. foster care. Because people don't think about it a lot. We uh, describe the kids in the system, how it works, et cetera, et cetera. And then all of the agencies that represent the kids in the system, we kind of set these prospective parents up for success. Yeah. And I've met a lot of parents who have come up to me with babies saying thanks you did this to me oh that's um, great yeah, yeah yeah you know because we we've, became yeah we've talked to well we talked to a, a woman who worked at what was the name of the agency you right. gotta believe uh, you gotta, oh, yeah, you gotta, you gotta believe which is about adopting older kids yes yes, yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah. yeah she said something about these children that I, it still hits me and i'm not saying i can't say it the way she said it but she said these children are going to new home after new home after new home and you have to think about how every different home runs like in your particular home do you reuse your towels? 
do the beds have to be made every day? Like every little home they go into, they have to learn this new environment Uh to live in, to adapt. And some of them are in five to 10 Mm -hmm. to 15 placements Mm -hmm. before they get to their forever home, if they get to their forever home. And that just really like, it makes me want to foster to adopt. I can't do it right now because my life is crazy. But right, like, right. you feel for these children, but then also at the same time, you have to have thick skin for this because you do like, have. And and I always tell people the reason this happened for us is because the idea had resonance with us. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people if I give this talk and you hear from the other parents today and you don't feel it, you don't feel it. Yeah, right. this isn't your avenue. Right for you. But yeah. if you leave today and this stays on your mind, you know, you're always rewarded for following your intuition. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like feminine intuition. If you're, I always say, if you're a macho mask for mask guy like me, it's your gut feeling. <laughs> um, but if you follow those feelings and it leads you to this, then that's what, you know, you have to listen to yourself. And it's really, but that's for everybody. It's, it's I always make that clear. It isn't for everybody. Mm-hmm. It, it mm-hmm. isn't because there is, there is a certain amount of resilience and toughness that you have to have with typical kids, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, because it's, it's a job that happens every day and you can't phone in sick and go, uh, you know what? I'm not feeling it I today. Wish. I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. But I love what you today. said about intentional. It's so true. Mm-hmm. And especially the times when you lose it. Somebody told me the other day, the tone that you take with your children, especially when you're angry or especially when you're having a difficult time, if it turns negative or turns you know, judgmental or turns, whatever, they said they won't love you any less, but they're going to love themselves less. Oh, Ooh. oh, oh I like mop up. That just cuts and I was right like, to That's the- me. Oh, hard. <laughs> that was oh my God. Upbringing. I was like, oh, shit. Oh, it's like, shit. they'll still keep loving you, but they all, they start like loving themselves a little less. Oh and my it's God. kind of wow. like, that's, I have to remember that because. Oh my god! Yeah. I didn't we realize have to this episode that too. was just going to be parenting nuggets by when, Alec well, Mappa. Well, listen, you were the ones that wanted me on the show, so we <laughs> really did. No, the you one just, who's the we needed parent, to hear the that. One that. The one that you wish you had was my husband. My husband is like he is the parent you wish you had. He has a very <laughs> slow fuse, and he doesn't take anything personally. That's amazing. Uh, and, and so that when you're in trouble, then you're fucked. That's yeah. right. Like. You had enough get out of jail cards. You had a stack of them and now it's over. Now you're yeah. screwed. Yeah. What are your, I mean, what are your coping techniques when you're going to lose it? What do you have to do? Um, I feel like I need to get some. And I think the ones that you just said, I'm going to start trying to, to implement. Yeah. I mean, I, I have been working like with my daughter about, we just had a whole conversation the other day because I said, you know, we are going to be in this place where we're fighting for the next three years. If we don't mm. find a way to talk to each other, I said, so I'm meeting you in the middle. I said, I don't, I'm not going to come in here and tell you how this is going to go. I said, I'm willing to listen to you. I said, but what I need from you is honesty. I need you to like, you can't do that whole thing where you go. I, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. I said, cause I saw it happen. Yeah. And I said, and then I get crazy. I said, so if you can come with honesty, I'll come with options. Let's meet in the middle and let's just try. Because I said, I don't want us to bicker for four years. That's beautiful. I mean, that's I, accountability. That's oh kind God, of like, don't I know. gaslight me. It's like, let's respect each other enough to. Yeah. And and I, what I didn't get is like conversations as a kid. So I'm trying to be like, and like for my son, I'm trying to give him the tools that I wasn't given because he's more like I am. Like he blows up, he's like angry. And so, and what's great Mm. though, is I'll hear him say things like, okay, it is now my turn. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. (gasps) And I'm like, I'm like, okay. You know, I'm like, okay. Yeah, she does that with me that. too, Alec Mappa. She does the same thing with me really? too, Alec Well, Mappa. what are your coping mechanisms when they're too much? You know, we, I think our whole family has short fuses. And we, mm. we're, I, I have actually, and Robin's not going to believe me, I have the slowest fuse in this house. But we, we practice saying sorry. Like it's our job. Right. Like if right. Anne and I have a fight, a fight, like a disagreement in front of the kids, we make sure the kids see us apologize to each other and talk it out. And if we ever lose it on the kids, we always, always come back and apologize and explain where we were coming from and listen My to their side of it. My parents never apologize to me, ever, ever No, ever. nope, never. Yeah, yeah I and, think and it's important. It's, it's important. And also, it also takes it out of the realm of you're bad and you should take this personally. When I say to my son, listen, there are other ways I could have handled that, but mm-hmm. you weren't listening to me. 
I lost my temper and that's what happened. And I'm sorry, I'll try to do better. It also gives him the space to go, I'm sorry too. Because you know, yes. you're, you're walking them through the scenario where you're yes. both regulated and they can see their part in it. Yeah, you know. it softens the person. It yeah. softens mm-hmm. whoever you were arguing with. It just softens. It, the, mm-hmm. You can see it happen too when you just stop yourself. I'm okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Right. Even if right. you're in the moment, all, all it takes is that sometimes to soften the conversation when it's really heated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But a genuine apology from anybody, even as an adult, what that really is about is validating. It's kind yeah. of like, it's yeah. like, okay, I you see know, you. I saw what you saw. I heard what you heard. And that wasn't cool. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so I'm sorry. I own it. I own it. I'm sorry. I was in my stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Own your yeah. feelings. Yeah. Own your yeah. feelings mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. apologize for them. And it shows your kids that you're not perfect. You know, right. we're not perfect. And they're going to need that emotional intelligence. Yeah. I mean, it, to get through life, to get mm-hmm. through their relationships, to get through their disappointments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to need those. Those coping mechanisms, those are the gifts that that's the backpack yeah. that we give yes. them when we send them out into the world. I right. mean, those are because, you know, uh, success will come and go. Relationships will come and go. But how they navigate emotionally in the world is like that's that's their whole life. Yeah. I like Mapo, will you take my kids? Take my kids, <laughs> parent them, give them back to me after you've paid for college, no. and, and I'll take yeah, me all too, the credit. Actually. No, me I'm too. just I'm beef jerky at this point. There's nothing left. <laughs> it's kind of like we're we're saying that when he's 18, there's a catapult in the front lawn that's time coded, <laughs> and he he's gonna be launched Squid Game style, See, and just what? be like, bye. Ours is we're gonna have. I'm gonna be driving a motorcycle, and my wife Mary is gonna be in the sidecar. And we're going to like have on those leather helmets and we're going to drop them off and be like, bye at college. But <laughs> and flags like, like flying Gay behind us. Flying. Do you remember the end of the kids are all right where Annette Benning and Julianne Moore are hugging their kid at college? I don't yeah. remember the ending. No. At the very, it was filmed a block away from us at Occidental College. They're hugging. They're both hugging and they're both crying. <laughs> and husband and I are like we're just gonna be like bye. Yeah, see you. It's been yeah. fun. I'll probably be crying as I drive off, and then I'll be like, so "Should we yeah. stop and get a drink?" <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Happy hour. Well, thank you so much, Alec Mappa. This was absolutely wonderful. Are I mean, you're done. Okay. Bye. You want to keep talking? You're such a good, you're such a good dad. I'm so proud of you for being thank such you. a good dad, Alec Mappa. It's hard. And I'm, it, the, the lesson has been for me as a parent is like to forgive yourself and not be so hard on yourself. Uh, oh, well, everyone Lord. needs to yeah. listen to your podcast, watch yes. every single thing yes. that you've ever been in. Start yes. with the back catalog because you've been in 8 million things. Everything. That's right. Broadway. That's Broadway. The Broadway. Everything. But um, Broadway. It's a hot mess podcast. Yes. We started this podcast to discuss mental health, to take the stigma out of it because I was depressed for years and didn't seek help because I was embarrassed. I was thought I should be able to handle it myself without meds, without therapy. And, uh, I, and when I got help, I got better. So we mm. talk with your favorite uh, celebrities week after week about uh, their mental health issues. We're like, uh, most painful childhood memory, go. Go. And, uh, <laughs> How much time do you have, Alec Mappa? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's like, we it's a very informal conversation and people end up talking about super personal stuff and it's its always helpful. because you when, have you a, know, a doctor with you, right? So yes, you a, professional a fabulous, therapist. Um, a really hot therapist named Matthew Dempsey who has two master degrees in therapy from Columbia. Yeah, he and does. so he's kind of the Clark Kent expert, and I'm the hot mess of the podcast who shows up with all of my Michigas, and we try to figure things out. Oh, that, I love that's, that. That's how you make a good podcast, right? Yeah, there. yeah. Good luck to both of you. I love talking to you, and um, enjoy this time from three to ten. This is the best time. Thank you. I'm going to remember that. I'm going to yeah, remember that when I pick 10. my kids up from school yeah. today. Yeah, I'm it's like, wait, that. don't be a dick. This is a nice time. <laughs> sit, sit down on the bus. Stop sit, screaming. Sit, sit down. down. Oh my god, I freaking love that guy. Alec freaking Mappa. Come on now. Freaking love Alec that guy. Freaking Mappa. Jamie, I have not stopped thinking about when he said the thing about yelling at your kids. When he said they won't love you any less, but they will love themselves less. Like I, I cannot can't. stop thinking about that. I was like, oh. I have yelled at my kids so much since we spoke to him too. And, and now it's hurting my heart yet again, hearing that said again. 
Alec, I need a hotline to teach us how to parent better. Yes. I think everybody needs this. Absolutely. Oh, and and you all should just go watch every show he's ever been on. Listen to his podcast. Yes. Get into Alec's world. Yes. He'll be better for it. I mean, that's it. Really? That's I it. think he makes the world a better place. He I'm does. not going to lie. He's so fun and funny. He's one of those. <sighs> well, when you're oh, done Alec with all Marvel. his content, what should they do, Jamie? Well, obviously, you're going to go get our book, If These Ovaries Could Talk, The Things We've Learned About Making an LGBTQ Family, and it is available at all major retailers. And if you want to buy locally, of course, you can always check IndieBound. Do a good thing, read our book, and, and buy local. Why not? Why not? You can also get the audiobook Ooh. if you want to, us to read to you at night with our dulcet tones available on Amazon and iTunes. And if you do get it, this is the important part. Ooh, I'm listening. Don't be afraid to review it on Amazon or Goodreads because those little reviews spike that algorithm and get our book out to more and more folks just like you. So we And also you because for that. we've run out of email addresses to review our own stuff. That is why. So yeah. Don't tell <laughs> people we do that. <laughs> Oh, my God. Okay, don't forget we have a live stream this Thursday, 11-4 at 4 p.m. Eastern. Bring your questions. Bring your comments. It's so fun when you all show up. Yes. Live, it's on Facebook and YouTube. But if you miss it live, you can catch it on our YouTube page later. Woo! Yeah. Check it out. It's so fun. We have a really fun time. We really do. Also, let's keep this conversation going. You can always join us on our social. Check out what's going on in our lives. Ovaries Talk on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and also TikTok. And if these ovaries could talk on YouTube and you can also support the podcast, like we said, and join our community on Patreon at patreon.com slash ovaries talk. That's where you're going to get that bonus content. And everybody loves a good bonus. Mm -hmm. So that's that. Thank you to our sponsor, StoryWorth and First Republic Bank. And a huge thank you to all of you who are already Patreons. You are helping us make this show and we could not do it without you. And we thank you. Seriously. We really thank you. It means a lot. And we you thank you. all mean a lot to us. So much. You all mean every time we do this, I think, God, I love everybody who listens. <laughs> God, I love you all. Thanks so much. And we love Alec Mappa. All right. Oh, I all like that no freaking eggs. Mappa. Ovaries. Out. Out. If these ovaries could talk, they would say, X ovaries out. <laughs>